Where's flat 480? Is this flat 480? Welcome to flat 480. So, for today's topic, it was a bit of a struggle because obviously we do want to make a great first impression. So, we're feeling the pressure. Um, we always thought that by the time we got to 20, we would just basically own the world. We would have everything figured out. It would be our world for the taking. And I think a huge reality check happens when you're turning 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, all of these 20s, and you're still like, Mom, pick me up. Like, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like you think that when you reach 20, it's a magic pill and all your problems go away. But that's so not what happens, and you just have to adjust to your new normal. And that adjusting takes so long and it takes so much out of you. So today we're literally just gonna be, as I said, looking at adulting or not, we're, like how we are trying to get there, how we're struggling and hopefully whatever we've struggled with can, and the way we've gone about dealing with our struggles can help you. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about anxiety. So of course this is not a medical podcast and we don't have the experience or expertise to like give proper advice on anxiety but this is just stuff that has triggered anxiety in our lives and what we've done to really seriously like deal with it and kind of take control of our own situations and we really hope that this advice like is good for you guys as well so backstory i've always wanted to be a doctor ever since i was young actually i remember this when we were younger guys <laughs> if our like i have a younger brother so it's me my younger brother and sabine And I remember that, like, for example, this is going to be hilarious, but say we'd have a tooth, like, that's wobbly. I don't really know the correct terms, but I'm just going to say wobbly. My mom would not come near us, or this poor woman would faint. And then you have this one. She would literally pluck it out like it's a flower. Like, she would tie our teeth to doors. She would go in with, like, full fist in your mouth, like, ready to just... It was... <laughs> I just have no words, like... Bless. No, I think ever since I was so young, I always thought of myself uh, in the medical field or something related to hands-on experience with helping people, whatever that may be. Oh, you're um, such a good person. No, I think it was more <laughs> of my ego. I really wanted to be a doctor. I really uh, liked what that stood for, what it meant, um, how wise you had to be and how well-rounded you had to be in order Uh, to be a doctor because I'm currently studying medicine for those of you that don't know um, but a huge uh, portion or of the patients that do come in actually have some psychological um, issues and they manifest somatically as illnesses and diseases and with a simple human-to-human uh, co -human conversation you could go about helping them to a much greater degree than you would had you just given them medication or surgery or some uh, practical treatment, let's say. So just going back for the people who don't know what somatically means, me, what does somatically mean? So <laughs> um, it's when something psychological manifests or appears as a physical symptom. So um, this is really interesting, but there is uh, broken heart syndrome mm. and When someone <laughs> has a broken heart, they can their heart can physically display uh, pathological signs as though they do have a heart condition when in fact 
the cause, or for you medical nerds, the etiology of this um, changes in heart uh, rhythm is actually due to the psychological effect of having a broken heart. And it's really weird. Actually, I've had a very similar experience. Basically, I was going through a lot of rough situations in my personal life at the same time that my grandparents, both of my grandparents had passed away at the same time that I had the coronavirus. And so the psychological toll, the downturn that I took in that moment, I remember so distinctly once taking a shower and having to literally hold on to every wall in my room because I thought I was having a heart attack and I was there alone. Like it wasn't a situation where I was with a person like there was no one in my proximity. I had coronavirus. I was self-isolating, fully, fully convinced that I was having a heart attack. And I feel like, of course, I didn't know that. But like, like in hindsight, that's probably what it was. So I think that's really interesting. If you're feeling that type of way and it's not necessarily manifesting as a panic attack or you're crying or something, but you feel physically ill, you feel like you can't stand, you feel like your chest is tightening, you feel like you cannot breathe, and you're like grabbing onto everything because you are blacking out, like it happens. And I feel like I do wish more people spoke about it so that other people, when they go through similar situations, they know. Anyway, so at the beginning of your undergrad career, you went to Boston and you were so happy there and you still decided to move. One day I was, uh, I could, I remember this day like it was yesterday. Mind you, this is four and a half years ago now. Five and a half. Five and a half years ago. Where has time gone? No, uh, yeah, I was sitting down in my bed and I, it, it was one of those days where the sky was pink and there was a little purple hue. How romantic. Oh no, it was self-reflection day. <laughs> okay. And I had seen one of my um, former friends had posted a picture of herself in a white coat. And it was in that moment that it hit me why I had even though I had been having such a great time, something was missing. And when I saw that picture, I knew, I just knew. And so I started researching like medical opportunities worldwide. And within 24 hours, I found uh, the university I wanted to go to, uh, prepared all my papers, told my parents like, you guys, I love you. I'm so sorry for all the financial, um, problems that, that this will lead to but I'm outie like yeah I'm not doing this anymore and and I think that's the importance of valuing yourself and your time Olea, I wanted to ask you if you're in my situation and all of a sudden you've decided yes okay I found a great university I'm gonna transfer uh, what would what would you do to combat your anxiety when you first get there and you don't know anybody okay well see here's the thing for me right because I can split up my anxiety into two sorts of directions. Okay, yeah. So, just to begin with, I fully believe that in life, you know, you were made alone as cheesy and as Pinterest and as the good quote as this might sound, you really are, your, you can be your cheerleader or your worst enemy. And so your full potential rests on how much control and responsibility you take over yourself your happiness and your goals. So going back to this idea of anxiety, right? So in school, let's say, like in terms of work-wise, I used to experience severe anxiety. And I later learned that that was a form of OCD. 
because I was not lazy. I was not not doing my work because I didn't want to or I was doing something else on the side. But my issue with work and just working in general and like school related work <laughs> is that I am so, or I used to be so afraid to fail that I did not want to try. And that's not to say that I did not try. Like, I would spend hours and hours and hours researching and trying and trying and trying. But no matter how hard I worked, I could not shake the feeling that I was not going to do well. And that, the emotional strain, the emotional toll that that takes on you growing up, and especially when you have teachers that are not really supportive. Interesting. Can you elaborate a little bit on the teachers? Yeah, so basically I do feel like a lot of the time teachers, they'll like praise and support the kid that's doing so well in school and then look at the kid who's really struggling and not understand why they're struggling and not even make the effort to, but instead they'll embarrass them and make them feel bad and make them feel stupid and again, I've said this at the beginning and I think you are your own responsibility and this is a tough love kind of situation, but I do believe that a teacher's role in a child's life is extremely important. I think, yeah, I completely agree with you in what you're saying. I think from a psychological point of view, this technique that the teachers have been using is about positive and negative reinforcement. So when they praise the good child, or the good student, not the good child, yeah. but when they praise the good student, it's kind of like positively reinforcing them to try and get this behavior repeated. Whereas when they uh, speak down to um, the, the student that's not performing well, it's a type of negative reinforcement saying this behavior will, get, will be met with this negative response in order to try and influence their behavior towards a more positive one. Yeah. But I completely understand you. There's a huge disconnect because as you've mentioned, teachers are not understanding the Why? reasons. Why? Exactly. Yeah, spot on. They don't try to, they, what people fail to understand in general is that everybody is unique, you know? There's a reason, for example, you and I can carry out the same action, but for a completely different reason. Absolutely. And so I think that when you don't take the time to actually distinguish between the cause of each of these actions, you are actually not allowing this child not only not to express themselves but not to develop because you create certain fears in them and once fears start to sprout in a person i think that that is more damaging than anything else in the world whether you're and this is a trigger warning but whether you're afraid from any form of abuse or whether it's that fear that becomes created and i don't just speak about like physical abuse i'm speaking about emotional mental certain traumas that happen and they don't have to be by a person people get put into experiences all the time that shape the person that they are but when a teacher does not like take the time and i remember this so distinctly but i remember being in a classroom and there was a child and i use the word child because we were in middle school and guys i look at myself last year and i'm like this baby you know like who's gonna clean this baby from the supermarket but like this Poor boy was sitting in class, and fair enough, he has a rough relationship with his parents. And the teacher literally looks at him, and she goes, I know orphans that are better cared for than you. In front of the entirety of the class. Now, in my head, now this boy's fine. I'm sure he doesn't even remember it. 
but I will never in my life forget how much, like, how deeply I thought about that moment. Because we don't know, like, this kid ended up being extremely violent. He was almost batshit. Like, he was something else. But in that moment, you could just see, like, so I just felt this kid's heartbreak. And I was just like, you don't, you are a hundred years old. Why are you saying this to a kid? Yeah, that was super uncalled for. And actually, isn't that yeah, horrific? That's terrible. Yeah. Wow, my heart just broke. Yeah, that's it's, I mean, that's why I'm saying trigger warnings. But like, so I think that it's important to know how much your words impact people, especially when they're young. So anyways, moving back to this situation, I'm gonna give you guys a technique. If you're anything like me, and it's not that you're lazy or don't wanna do your work, but don't know how to, just don't know how to. You're a perfectionist in your own way. You don't wanna take notes unless they're super pretty. You don't wanna submit something unless you're guaranteed 100%. This is how you can go about it. So, the first thing I'm gonna say is I want you right now just take out a scrap piece of paper if you can, if you're not walking, if you're not doing something. Take out a scrap piece of paper and I want you to take the ugliest notes that you can. Because you know what? Today you are going to overcome that fear. And take the, like, make sure it's so ugly that you're like, what is this? I want to throw it away, I want to redo it. But you know what happens when you start taking ugly notes? Your notes by themselves become pretty and you start forming your own keys and you start forming your own color patterns and color schemes. And that's like a huge thing for me. I could not, for my whole life, I would spend maybe six hours trying to take the same notes. And this is what I'm saying, like people don't know this. So you just see a kid and they're not performing and you just assume like, it's an idiot. Like, what is that sock behavior? Anyways, no, like it's not. So take some ugly notes and just be like, you know what, it's fine. I'm gonna throw in a highlighter here and there. I'm gonna make sure that just, I'm gonna take speedy notes. And as you learn to take speedy, speedy, speedy notes, they're going to get better. That's how I improved that part. So basically why it differed in uni is that our submission deadline was that day, that time. If you didn't get it in, you could rarely get an extension. This is pre-corona times now, they hand out extensions like it's nothing, but pre-corona times. Um, yeah, they would be like, we don't care. Like, this person, this happened to you? Too bad. This, when your life fell apart, get it together. Um, you know, like, you got hit by a car? Better luck next time. So, honestly, like, the way that the uni kind of worked was like, you have to do it or it's done. And so I was just like, okay, fine. I'm just going to submit it. And lo and behold, I got the highest grade that one that was the first assignment i had done got the highest grade and i was shocked this is coming from someone who i kid you not had like i don't even want to discuss my gpa i don't even remember i blacked that thing out because i don't want to know it ib score what is that i don't want to know and obviously my university work was harder but for some unknown reason i was doing significantly better did i have a brain transplant no I just honestly had a shift in work ethic and I had to overcome that fear. Okay, so now on a lighter note, should we talk about the second form of anxiety that yeah, we wanted let's to do discuss? It. This is my field. Okay, so Sabine 
Tell me about when you decided to move to a whole new city, didn't know anybody. How on earth did you battle social life? Okay, so for many of you that maybe not know me as well, I, ever since I was young, taught myself how to be social because it's a skill and you have to work on it and practice makes perfect. I taught myself from a very young age to be social and learn that as a skill because it doesn't come easy and one of the, my favorite quotes is you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. It's a fantastic quote, it's very gentle unfortunately, but it applies, it really taught me uh, how to behave in so many situations. So a little backstory, when I was young, I wasn't as social as I appear to be now. I had some spotlight anxiety, but I had some fears about going out and meeting people because I was always worried I was going to be judged or how I was going to be perceived, if I spoke well, if I looked good. It was kind of very superficial um, fears that I had and um, I well, I again remember this like it was yesterday. I sat down with one of my friends and she was like, Hey, Sabine, come with me to this party. Shout out to you because you changed my life, whether you know it or not. Um, sh uh, and yeah, she said, uh, Come with me to this party. And I looked at her and I was like, Oh my god, there is no way am I going to this party. I don't know anybody. And she looks at me and she's like, Why do you think, wh why do you think that people are going to judge you when you're there? Go into the event with a completely different mentality as if you're going to network. And I just looked at her, I'm like, what the do you power mean? power of networking. Absolutely, and she was like, go into that party as if you're going to network. And I sat there and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I never looked at it. And that's where that quote came into play. And it was like, you're going to miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, so go out there meet these people, shoot your shot, and see what happens. Um, so that's my advice to you guys is be, as Leah said, be your own cheerleader. Remind yourself of these quotes because at your most vulnerable state, you need to be your own best friend. You need to tell yourself, go out there, meet these people. Yeah. And I just want to elaborate on um, pe people judging you or that feeling, uh, the fear of being judged. People are too busy worrying exactly. about what they look like, about what they're saying, how they're perceived. What they've done to embarrass themselves that night. Like, Absolutely. to be honest, everybody has that situation where they just go into something and they're like, oh my God, did I actually just do that? Did I actually just say that? Like, this person is never going to look at me the same or talk to me the same. But to be honest they are probably thinking the same about something they've done. And I'm sure everybody in this moment has is like, if you're not, like, think about it now. But like, actually, no, 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 don't think about it. But what I'm trying to say is everybody's been there. And so don't be so harsh on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. This goes into a very important lesson. And it's learn how to laugh at yourself. I love that. It's so important. You know, like, I have this habit that I taught myself because otherwise I've been taking life way too seriously and I'm stressed out, like, oh my god, how could I have done this? Or, oh my god, I looked so silly. Like, I put my name on it and it's not up to my standards. Oh my god, what a disaster. FYI, disaster is the keyword. <laughs> <laughs> disaster. 
So, um, you have to learn how to laugh at yourself. And the trick that I want you guys to remember is say, like, I can't even say it because no, it's say, terrible. <laughs> no, say it. It's not terrible. It's actually gotten me through a lot, to be honest. Okay, let's explain my technique. Well, to be honest, okay, so do you know that feeling sometimes when you're walking and you're just like, oh my god like and you're so much is just on your mind and you're like did i say that did i do that did this happen does this person think that flip your hair and strike a pose wherever you are and feel yourself and just walk with every ounce of confidence and be like you know what this is the person that i am if you cannot handle it there is the door and this is where i would need my poster of flat 480 so i could point at the door but that's not ready yet but there is the door if somebody is not feeling you, that is their own problem. It's not for you to worry about. So Absolutely. take care of yourself, be the best version of yourself, and learn to laugh at yourself. You trip while you're walking, laugh at yourself. Flip you, your hair, strike a pose. You push too hard at the gym and you fart, flip your hair and strike a pose and laugh at yourself. You literally like, I don't know, just throw up in a hallway. Flip your hair, strike a pose and laugh at yourself. Like. To be honest, there's worse things in the world. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, absolutely. And people might remember it for like two minutes and then a news story is going to come up and it's going to be old news. And that's how it goes. Just take it easy, laugh about it, tell a friend like, oh, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I just did this and this. And let it be a story exactly. to tell. Make sure whatever it is, it's whatever situation you're in, it's either going to be a win or a lesson. And either way, you're progressing either way you're is that even how you say it yeah you're okay either way you're moving forward either Wait, way say what progressing i think so progressing 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 <laughs> progressing progressing i have I no know. idea okay please send us dms on how you say this word oh yes definitely no the point is either way you're pushing forward you're miles ahead of where you were all these new experiences all these new stories are just that all these I don't want to generalize and say all these problems but one I remember so many situations where I'm like oh my god this is the end of the freaking world I've just embarrassed myself where there's no like to the there's point of no, no going return. back yeah. yeah absolutely and now I just look back I'm like oh Sabina what the hell did you do but how, how stupid of you <laughs> like how funny is it now looking back at it you know Honestly, like, even in the minute that you said that, I just had an influx, a wave of all the stuff I've done that honestly, in hindsight, is hilarious. If it happened to someone else, would be just... <laughs> but on it, I am sweating. I am sweating. <laughs> but it happens, and it's not that deep. Um, exactly. Just hit the nail on the head. That is the best. Thing that you have to say your, to yourself like when you're in this situation I want you guys to take this bit of advice and say it to yourself over and over again and just say to yourself X or Sabine in this case it's not that deep it's not that deep and just to uh, emphasize the idea of going out and meeting people so it, it, Besides striking, flipping your hair and striking a pose and besides laughing at yourself and saying that it's not that deep, when you look at people as opportunities and 
people are gonna be like you're so toxic and you are crazy yeah but that's how it is don't because that's how you calm yourself these are tips and tricks to make yourself mm-hmm. more relaxed in these social situations yeah, um go into these places know that you are the item and you want to sell it because you never know what opportunity these people have for you exactly and when you present yourself in a way like hi i'm so-and-so, and I do this, how are you doing, what are you doing? Uh, and just getting to know people on a human-to-human level, it's so important and it's going to do wonders for you. Trust me, network, network, network. Honestly, command the presence of the people at any outing by being the, per- the storyteller, the person that spews confidence, spews conversation, and don't try too hard. Be yourself. And like we said, if somebody is not down with that, that is their loss. And really, honestly, this is your chance. 2021, this is free. Like, genuinely, we are excited for you. We want to hear about how you were able to take a fear of yours, take a situation that you're not happy about, and how you conquered it. Um. Yep, yeah, is that Perfect. anything else about networking? No, I think that's that. And remember to have fun. Um, okay, so do you want to tell us what you did when you first moved to Prague and didn't know anyone? <laughs> can I just say this is one of the, it's very cute, and I say this in the most endearing and cutest ways, but it is one of the saddest things I have ever heard in my life. Okay, you guys, so when I uh, saw, <laughs> when I left Boston, I moved to Prague. But when I moved there, I had no one not a single person did i know when i was in the car driving to my house my apartment for the first time that mind you i had seen for five minutes before signing the contract because i didn't know anything about the city i was in the car and i was so excited because you know what it was a blank page i'm gonna tell the world i'm as cool as madonna and that was my mantra okay so I walk in, super excited, ready to present myself as Madonna, as I had been planning. Beautiful. Plot twist! <laughs> and it was not easy. I just didn't know how to relate. Everybody was European. Everybody had different backgrounds and different stories. And I realized, first and foremost, the importance of giving a compliment. Mm-hmm. And how starting off with a compliment really opens the door because people are as we said maybe insecure when you first meet them but when you start off with a compliment you kind of dissolve the stress and tension so before i learned this amazing lesson i had spent two weeks by myself cleaning my own bathroom three times a day cleaning the entire house just to keep myself busy um New, you know, new life, new place, didn't know how things were, didn't know a soul in that place. So I would cook three times a day, I would clean my bathroom. Guys, you could have had your dinner out of this bathroom. Honestly, it was spotless because I would clean it three, four times a day even because I didn't know what else to do. Um, I was too afraid. I didn't know how safe the country was at first. Shout out to Prague for being a safe ass country. I just had no clue. I was too afraid to go out and experiment and look at the city all by myself because I just, uh, safety first always. This is our flat 480 rule. Make sure you lock them doors. And turn the lights down low. But yeah, (laughs) safety first. 
um, and I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go out, I wouldn't want to, um, I didn't know what to do, so I would literally clean my house so many times a day, over and over again, I don't know, now, looking back at it, I wish I kept up those habits, because if my room is cleaned once a week, I am over <laughs> the moon. It's so important to keep yourself busy and not be discouraged and put yourself in a in, in a container or in a box and say, okay, I haven't met anybody, this is it, I'm so depressed. No, everything takes time, everything takes patience, and the power of a compliment goes a long, long way. So you've moved to this new place, you cleaned your bathroom 700 times a day. <laughs> How did you start meeting people and what was the turning point? Oh, very good question. So my turning point was there was kind of like um, a school event where they uh, put everybody together and the goal of it was to interact with each other and meet other people. And um, there were a lot of people that would just kind of stay on the, on the sidelines and not meet people, but my very best tip is go up to whoever seems whoever's vibe attracts you because Leah and I really believe in third energies like we do we say your first energy your sight your hearing your senses the second energy is your body language uh, the power of deduction and what you deduce from a certain situation and third energy is the energy that you just feel the vibe that you get from a person and it goes a long way. So, it's a little uh, Sabinle's breakdown of uh, energies. But, so, go to the person whose vibe you like and just say, hi, I'm Sabine, nice to meet you, and what's your name? It's such a simple icebreaker, but it gets to the point. It cuts the small talk. It, it shows the person you're interested. And again, if they do not respond well, this says more about them than it does about you. Like, do not doubt yourself because, honestly, it's a sign of maturity being able to meet people and interact with people. And if somebody is so anti that, there is probably a deeper rooted reason. And that, like, not in a mean way, but that's none of your business. That's their own issue. So do not take that personally. And how someone behaves towards you says more about them. Than it does about you. Absolutely. It's, it's their insecurities. It's their mood in that specific day you might meet them on a day where something terrible has just happened and that's okay learn how to give people the benefit of the doubt and you're gonna live weight free you know things won't have such a big weight on you or such yeah. a big like hold on you and won't stress you to the degree that they would if you don't find an explanation or a reason actually in the words of um what was her name Eric Foreman's mom from that 70s show. Was it Martha? Maggie? Oh, I can't remember. Um, what a fake fan. No, I love that show. What was her name? Uh, Marge? I don't know. Martha? Was it Martha Foreman? No. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would know. I have no clue. But whatever. Well, so, basically, Mrs. Foreman decided, she said in one of the episodes, I think Donna had asked her, like, um, are you not going to get upset? Or, like, something about a situation. And this has stuck with me for the longest time, but she said, pick and choose your battles. A person that holds people accountable for every single thing that goes wrong will not have anyone to hold accountable because that's just too stressful. That is too, like I 
personally do not mean a lot of the things that happen. And in that situation, like I have a friend who I love to bits and she's always like, you suck at texting. Like I've been texting you, checking up on you, like text me once. But this girl does not get mad at me because she knows that I just don't use my phone that often. And that when I do, of course I text her and that I love her to bits and it's not like, that's nothing to be taken so personally. Whereas there's another person that completely stopped talking to me because of this. And I don't mean it. Like, it's really not that personal. I just honestly forget to check sometimes or don't answer, whatever. But again, pick and choose your battles. You don't want to be fighting with everybody to the point where, honestly, there's... Like, you've let so many little irrelevant, unnecessary, unintentional things upset you to the point where now you're just like, I don't know. You make a very valid point and it's very important to understand these social cues and stuff. It may come more difficult to some people uh, how to what it means to read the room because maybe it comes instinctually to you, but it, to others it doesn't. So educate yourselves. There's a fantastic book called Body Language and it's or how to read body language and I didn't understand basic things about what body language was until I read this book and it really opened my eyes this was when I was 14 15 and I didn't know what that meant yeah. but I just found the idea that your body could speak fascinating super fascinating yeah. and when I read it and it said little things like Look out for people's uh, shoulders, or if they have their arms crossed. Their shoulders. Yeah, like if they're mm. kind of down, that means they're maybe upset, or there's something weighing on them. And their psychology reflects on their body, kind of how we mentioned earlier in the episode about somatic presentation or manifestations of certain psychological um, uh, thoughts or ailments. Triggers. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody um, maybe has their shoulders or like their back hunched over, maybe there's something weigh on, weighing on them and if they say something inappropriate to you or maybe you might perceive as hurtful and you see that they are in such a state, you can give them that benefit of the doubt. You can say, okay, I, I see, I read their body language, their body language is telling me they're not okay and what they, they probably did not mean what they had just said. So again, if you find yourself missing these social cues, we've all been there, we've all been like, oh shoot, I completely misread the room. Educate yourselves, read on body language, um, talk to people, listen to this podcast. Really because we will podcast. go through so many scenarios that Leah and I have been through and how we later reflected upon them. And honestly, my sister is my, my therapist. And my sister is my therapist. And we talk things out and you need that person to, you know, to analyze your behavior, be a little bit forward, be slightly impartial, slightly partial, slightly. <laughs> to uh, what you're saying and give you that advice that you need. I just feel bad because I don't want people to think I'm gaslighting them. I'm not calling you sensitive. If something genuinely did upset you, please don't feel like you're like silenced or muted but what i'm trying to say is between you and yourself don't allow things to upset you so easily so like say somebody says hi instead of hello tell yourself they're stressed today tell yourself they're upset today. or honestly read the room so when i asked my friends to tell me what causes them anxiety in certain social settings i had a friend that told me no matter what i do i always feel like 
people eventually don't like me and it's not a situation where it's like a person will just slowly disappear although that has happened but it's a situation where there is fights and drama and stuff and it's so mentally exhausting and just to like comment on that I need to say three things okay there are and this is advice that my sister gave me right and I need you guys to really like listen to this because my heart broke when I heard this and I don't want you to feel like that and we've all been through it but so I spent and honest to God I could not sleep I spent the whole night thinking about how to answer this to the best of my ability but I've concluded that there are three major reasons why a person can have such negative feelings towards another person okay, okay. the first reason is that person either put a lot of trust and faith in a person and again misread the room that, and therefore, there was a situation, a word, an action, a behavior that really, really hurt them. So they close up to this person and they just develop certain emotions towards this person that just are not in line with whatever happened. But it's because the, the um, proportionality of the anger or the hurt that they feel is directly correlated to the amount of love and expectation they have. So... That is the first situation that I was able to conclude. Sometimes a person is so hostile and angry towards you because they've been put in a situation where they felt like they've been like significantly let down. Mm -hmm. The second situation, and this one, honestly, if you're if this is you, you're winning. But a lot of the time, people will dislike a person because there is a certain thing in that person or about that person that makes them feel like they're less be it their physical appearance, be it their like intellect, be it their physical weight, be it their financial standing, whatever that is, you are reminding them of something they don't have. And so by nature, they feel a sense of rejection towards you because it's in that situation, there's two ways people tend to go about it. It's either if you can't beat them, join them. And if they feel like they can't join or don't want to join, they will try to hate on it to kind of compensate for where they feel like they're lacking. So again, in that situation, you've always told me this, people do not throw rocks at an empty tree. People throw rocks at a tree that looks like it has the juiciest, fattest apples that are just red and beautiful and shining in the sun. So if that is you, that is a compliment. And even if it's taking a toll on you and you're getting upset, see it as your power. That is your power. And I promise you, the right people will cheer you on when they see those characters in you. They won't try to put you down. Now, the last situation, and please, again, do not take this as a form of gaslighting. I do not mean to be toxic. I do not mean to anything but learn to hold yourself accountable. And I, I say this in the most sincere way because I do this for myself. But there's a lot of times where you can do something wrong. You can, be it the... Culturally, you've said something inappropriate, something that does not get said or like a certain... So for example, I personally like to joke a lot. And sometimes I'll make an insensitive joke not realizing the weight of it. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten into a lot of situations where the person's just like, what are you saying? I don't mean it, but it happens. So at that point, I'm not going to be like, oh, you just don't have a sense of humor. I could, but I'm just like, you know what? Pick and choose your audience for next time. That was clearly not appropriate. Listen, at the end of the day, I think we should wrap up. What if I forgot to hit the record button? I'll kill you. I know. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, 
yeah, basically, guys, there is no time limit on when you're gonna meet somebody, when you're gonna form friends, when do you're not on the clock, you are not in a competition with anybody but yourself from yesterday. You might not meet your best friend for life now. You might meet him or her in your nursing home when you're 100 years old and be racing your scooters or flirting with Bert and Allen, and that is fine. Just take your time, learn, make stories, grow, and come and tell us about them so we can uh, put them on this podcast and just laugh about them together. Yeah, so thank you so much for tuning in today. If you stuck around this whole time, you're a real trooper, and this means more to us than you can imagine. We uh, appreciate it more than you know. We wanted to really thank you uh, for the tips and advice that you guys have sent in, for the questions that we had. We may have not addressed much yeah. uh, this podcast, but um, we will definitely address them in the next one. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you so, so much, much for, for tuning in today. today. Your roommates, Sabine and Leah, here. This is Flat 480.